listeners and welcome to Salam radio show and to the new year of 2021. Hope everyone's refreshed and ready to give this new year a go. On this show, I have a really amazing guest. Her name is uh, Shah Sharafi. Uh, and she's a Melbourne-based DJ, producer, and a performer. And uh, she plays a lot of Arabic psych, uh, disco, um, and funk music. On this show, I will have a bit of a chat to Yasmin at the start, and then a play a mix that she's made specifically for a Salam radio show. So stay tuned. And welcome to Salam Radio Show. Your name as a, an artist, as a DJ and a music producer is Shah Sharafi. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, it's kind of just like my name's Yasmin Sharaf and I kind of just chose it on a, a whim because I like alliteration and I was... Um, <laughs> I, it started because I was uh, got asked to play a friend's album launch really last minute and I was going to start a musical project with another Egyptian friend of mine called and we we're going to call it like Cairo Cafe or something like that um see love the alliteration and um <laughs> <laughs> that never ended up happening but I was already booked in to play the show so I kind of just like started making some music and came up with the name like the night, night before or something like that so yeah it's not too much of a story it's more just like happened to yeah like it and stuck with it that's interesting um it, it does have a cool sound to it i was wondering if shah actually meant something yeah i thought like shah like means like you know like king or so i yeah. just like really like that sounded um, <laughs> yeah like an idea of like having this kind of like powerful kind of Arabic, um, you know, king sounding thing and kind of create this um, almost like a persona or like a character. Because when mm. I used to play shows, I don't really do that anymore. I kind of just focus on DJing. But when I used mm. to play, I would like perform in a niqab and light incense. And it was like very like, like it was kind of supposed to be a bit more like theater or a performance or something like that rather than just like a, a playing a gig. So yeah, I was like, actually going to ask you about, yeah, I read that you're a performer. Um wanted to ask you what does your performance include um, and why the niqab? Um, <laughs> the, the niqab to me, it, I was kind of trying to create like this almost, um, yeah, like a character. And I chose the niqab because I come from like a punk background and I play in like punk bands and stuff like that. And to me, like the idea of like playing in Australian venues dressed in like a niqab and kind of like almost like intimidating the audience or like making them confront something was kind of like the most like punk thing that I could come up with. Um, <laughs> and I also like when I was a kid, like I used to like wear the niqab all the time. Like I just really liked it. And I really liked the way that it made people react 
to me like yeah in this kind of weird punk antagonistic way like people yeah. are kind of like afraid or confused and like I don't know I just I always really like enjoyed that yeah that's cool you normally don't wear the niqab uh but I guess like wearing it on stage um is such a statement from um how I see it that also like you're trying maybe you're trying to say it's there's also should be a freedom of expression especially for Arabic women I feel like uh, for example in France the hijab and the niqab is prohibited in schools mm-hmm. which I f- feel like is is yeah is um, a bit too much because um if someone chose to wear the hijab they should be free to wear it um what what's your opinion on that oh definitely it's a complete paradox of like i mean the french are ridiculous in a lot of ways <laughs> you know all this but um it's just like a paradox of like having this like oh we're a country that is based on freedom and equality but we're going to tell you what you can and can't do like it doesn't mm. make any sense um yeah and i think yeah all women should be free to choose whatever they want a lot of like most of my family in egypt if not all of them wear hijabs and that's their choice and i have aunties and and cousins and stuff that wear the niqab as well and yeah i just um to them i think it's like very liberating and mm-hmm. i i i that. I mean yeah personally it's not my choice to wear it because I'm not super practicing um but I do just yeah I I really enjoy it and I have a lot of like beautiful memories of being um a kid and like you know cutting hijabs and choosing fabrics and burning the edges and I just yeah mm. I yeah I have a lot of positive memories about it I feel like it's where feminism has gone wrong in um western world where it's purely um seen from a white women's perspective and then the the women who are mostly oppressed women of color i have not much to say about it but that's changing now which is really good to see yeah i i definitely agree i think that like people need to be like less concerned about what other people wear and what other people mm. do and just like make sure that everybody is like has material conditions like uh, enough of like a you know um you know a safety net to allow people to make proper decisions do you know what i mean like mm. instead of like worrying about aesthetics or whatever just make sure that like we need to focus on um you know lifting people out of poverty lifting people out of oppressive situations and then that gives them freedom to make whatever choices they want to make yeah so um let's talk a little bit about yourself um you're from melbourne and you have an egyptian background that your mom is greek um what a beautiful combination can you tell us a little bit about <laughs> you growing up in melbourne was having greek and egyptian background Yeah, it's a very uh historical combination. <laughs> yes. Uh, cradle of civilization. Um yeah, growing up in Melbourne, um I always yeah, I I loved having this kind of like 
um, inspiring background, um, like very steeped in philosophy and history and the ancient worlds. And um, yeah, my mom's Greek, my dad's Egyptian. My dad was born in Egypt and my mom was born here. So I'm like both first and second generation, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I unfortunately don't speak Greek or Arabic, which I'm really upset about and hope to one day change that. But it's hard when you're an adult. Um, <laughs> How did it affect your uh, taste in music? So I remember when I was like a kid and, and my family in Egypt used to send me a lot of Egyptian CDs in the mail. And that was really amazing. And I always like loved playing them over and over. And then they kind of stopped. Um, and my dad stopped playing Arabic music in the car and stuff. And I don't know why, but he just like switched to like only playing the Quran. That was the only thing that he played in the car for like the last 20 years or something. <laughs> um, so like I didn't really grow up surrounded by Arabic music. I only lived with my mom and she loved Arabic music. But obviously when you're a kid, you don't really want to listen to what your parents are listening to. And then I got really deeply into like Melbourne music and the punk scene here and um, yeah just having like everything around me was kind of about music. I worked in music venues, I was studying music culture, I was playing in bands and stuff and then slowly slowly started finding little nuggets on the internet or like little songs that sh people would show me of kind of like it started with I think this like guitar music from Niger compilation that I heard and that was like the first time that I'd heard kind of um, traditional music traditional you know African and Middle Eastern music mixed with kind of electric guitars and like kind of having this like rock structure and then I kind of became obsessed with finding anything that had like an intersection of like rock music and and traditional and like kind of realized and like it blew my mind and it sounds ridiculous to say, but like, oh, there's rock music and there's surf music mm -hmm. and there's all these other things all around the world. It's not just like, you know, a Western thing. And it yeah. takes, I think it takes like people a really long time to realize that because nobody ever tells you. Everyone has all like talks about like, you know, American like 70s, 50s or, you know, the British explosion and stuff like that. Like it takes you a really long time to realize it's like, oh, actually, there's, like, this whole, you know, rock scene in, like, Zambia or there's, like, this whole, you know, garage scene in Cambodia and it's all happening at nearly the same time as it's happening in the West. Yeah. So I just became obsessed with that and um, wanting to find out more and listening to more things and then I realised, like, a lot of my friends that are into music and into, um, like, really into music and, and love that kind of stuff had never heard um, songs from these places either. So I just kind of became like dedicated to making mixes and DJing and kind of trying to spread that knowledge as much as I could. For years, our government has subjected people seeking asylum to torturous conditions. The Minister for Home Affairs was supposed to care for them, but instead they suffered enormous physical and psychological harm. Now, those refugees are fighting for accountability and justice. On their behalf, the National Justice Project is taking legal action 
against the government for negligence and for breaching their duty of care. To support 50 asylum seekers in their fight for justice against the Minister for Home Affairs, please donate at justice.org.au. The National Justice Project is a 3CR supporter. So you made a mix for the show. Can you tell us a little bit about the mix and why you chose the tracks? I don't know. I Every time I make a mix, I kind of like, I have a loose theme. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I kind of just like let it happen. Today I kind of wanted to make one that was like, a little bit more disco-y. I made like a, quite a relaxing one last time. So I wanted to have something that had a little bit more energy. And I kind of, it's like following like a trail. Like I'll start with like one song and then like be like, oh, okay. That kind of sounds a little bit like this. And then kind of follow it around.
What a classic. I love this song. Um, it's Nisyan by Ahmed uh, Fakhrun. What a great start, Yasmin. so good i love i have that record i love their music mm. i really need to get that record but like during this year you haven't been shipping to australia so it's been really frustrating because uh, it's i work at a record store and i want to bring out some of these records and try and sell them and destroy them or something but hopefully 2021 maybe will be the year <laughs> um, but it's such a fun record it's so weird and like I find Egyptian pop music sometimes is just so strange. Like it has like the weirdest samples and it's so turbo at times. Like <laughs> some car noises and like revving and like, yeah. I was lucky because I met Habibi Funk in a record store in, in Morocco. He made a really beautiful gig at the time and I did an interview with him. And like, I think you'll like the story. Um, what happened is um, Habibi Funk came to Morocco. He had a couple of gigs uh, and he had, before coming to the record store in Casablanca, which is called People's Choice, he had a gig um, in a really bougie place, I think somewhere in Rabat. 
and he had a couple of uh, friends, uh, women who wore the hijab, who wanted to go to his gigs, uh, but they were refused entry by the club itself because they were wearing the hijab. And Whoa. so, yeah, so Habibi Funk actually cancelled the gig. He's like, okay, I'm not playing because you're not letting my friends in. And that was That's such, a cool, <laughs> such a cool story. Yeah, it's cool that he stood up for his friends. And I think they were with us in the record store having a nice bookie to his music. Mm. But yeah, what a cool statement and what a cool dude as well. <laughs>
was Frey Koja and the song was Nadine. I found that one when I was making a mix for Pretend Radio. I just found that one by chance and I really like it. That's a really classic track, Elias Rahbani, Dance of Maria. The, all the Rahbani's brothers um, are amazing. They're um, Lebanese, and they're... Actually, my favorite is Ziyad Rahbani, who's this jazz musician, but also um, play writer and really active in politics. And he used to compose his mom's songs, Feirouz, as well. He, he was oh. a yeah. 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 Um, wow, what a musical family. Talented yeah. family. Yeah, they're great. Wow. <laughs> That's such a great. I never knew that. Um, yeah, but um, but you notice this different style between Elias and Rahbani, like a huge difference. I think Elias is more focused on truly Western music, while um, Ziyad is wants to mix both, um, which is cool.
Kamis Henkesh Dodo Abu Dah. It's a cool song. He he's also an Egyptian artist who like plays like a lot of like hand drums and tablas and and stuff like that. Yeah, he's really cool and interesting.、Mm. Uh, and I think he was like on like Egyptian television shows and stuff like that, which is really cool. I like him because he kind of looks like my dad. <laughs> so I've got like this weird like spot for him.
This is uh, Zia Atabi Heleus, which is like such a strange song. It's like some I like read somewhere somewhere that it's kind of like this almost like James Brown inspired kind of like scatty um, mm. pop star. And he's really fascinating because he's kind of like part of that whole Iranian um, garage scene or like the Iranian um, like scene that was going on in like the 60s and the 70s, which I find like super fascinating and, and really enjoy a lot of the music that came out of Iran at the time. I don't know much about her. I saw that like Fortuna Records has like re-released, I think a seven inch of hers or something like that that came out in like 78 originally. But I like this song because it's like this, I don't know why I need to like look into this more, but I've noticed that a lot of disco songs from the Middle East and from like Turkey have the same beat and the, and some of the same lyrics and sometimes it's spelt differently and sometimes they change it so it must have just been like this like really popular song that heaps of people covered at the time there's i've heard um a turkish version that's called yali yali so i don't mm. know and um gugush i think it's her, her name from iran as well does has the exact same song but with different lyrics mm. so uh yeah i i keep finding it but this one by Grazia is also like a really strange cover of it. Like the synths on it are just really bizarre and cool. And it's like almost too much, but I love it. Like it's, um, it's like, it almost goes too far and is too like strange. And then it just like comes back and gets you and it's like so catchy. So I really like that. Oh, 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 
What's the next one, Yasmin? Savia Abanal Im Nin Alu. And that's a really cool song. That's from Yemen. So, mm. like, there was like a psychedelic scene in like the late 60s and 70s in Yemen. Um, again, I think it was like Fortuna Records has like made a compilation of them. And yeah, I, I really, really enjoy that song. I've actually been meaning to look up Yemen music. It's really sad to to hear what's happening in Yemen now. They are facing mass poverty. It's the situation is really bad there. So. Yemen absolutely breaks my heart, and it's mm. like so sad to when you listen to these like compilations from this country and you realize just like how culturally rich it was and how creative mm. and all of these things and how that's just being destroyed at the moment and it's yeah it's absolutely devastating it's heartbreaking yeah i would love to invite the listeners to donate to yaman as uh they're listening they're getting very little support the the world has turned its back on yaman um, and so if there's anything we can do to donate, um, yeah, be great. Completely share that sentiment, 100%. And it's just been going on for so many years now and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. So, yeah, it's a very difficult time. Um, Oh, 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 
was by Omar El Sharia Ya Asmarani, um, who I mentioned before was the the blind Egyptian organ player. So mm. yeah, Super that's amazing. Character. Such a good song too. Very strong. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a really like classic Egyptian sounding song, mm. but with like these super, um, quite psychedelic and, and strange organ layers to it. Um, yeah, it's definitely got that like yeah classic Egyptian sound to it. Zutu by Esen Afsar, a Turkish film star who turned to music and created this incredible song, which is maybe one of my all-time favorite songs. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Still. I'm completely obsessed with it and it never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> one more question I um, looked up your band camp and you had like a compilation tapes compilation tapes yeah they were all sold out um, yeah what's the story behind these tapes because they do have really sick music on them yeah um, so I work at a record store called Lulu's which is in Thornbury in Melbourne and um, I started making some mixtapes um, must have been last year and I made another one this year uh, and it's been really overwhelming and really nice just like how well received they've been I mean they sold out and people seem to really enjoy them and so that's something I want to keep doing in the future um, hopefully early next year make, a, make another one mm. and maybe make a few more copies of the old one but yeah if um if anyone wants one just stay tuned because I'm gonna Me. I'm gonna make some more yeah <laughs> I'll definitely send you one yeah um also why cassettes do you think cassettes are coming back yeah definitely I mean um if you're like part of like the underground kind of Melbourne music scene or whatever I don't think cassettes ever really stopped going away because they're 
such a good, cheap way of making music. Um, mm, definitely. Of, of distributing music, yeah. And it also, like, weirdly suits the, the Arabic kind of, like, mm. um, vibe. It just makes me feel like I'm, like, riding around on, like, the, the flatbed of someone's truck or, like, <laughs> or, like, uh, you know, sitting with, like, five people on the back of a motorbike or something like that. It, yeah. I think nice. it really works. Um, I know tapes were really popular in a lot of places in the Middle East, um, especially, like, in the 80s and 90s. And so it all kind of works. But it's just a cheap way for me to be able to make them and give them to people and um, share it around and have a bit of a physicality to it because mm. um, we all know that, like, especially, like, Turkish and Arabic records in general um, are really hard to find. And if you can find them, they're often really, really expensive. Tapes um, are the way to go to now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just got to get amongst the tapes, you know. Tapes are really cool. Um, I read a, especially Arabic tapes. I read an article about Egyptian tapes. They were actually looked down upon a bit. So there was, a, you know, Um Kulsum, one of the most famous um, Egyptian singer. She, most of her stuff are on records, like, and you can find them still because, yeah, records were like the high end kind of purchase of music at the time. And tapes were looked down upon because anyone can actually record music from their home and record it on tape cheaply. And so what was happening is that there was like the surge of people, Egyptian people, uh, also like lower class people making music on tapes. And so they were, um, the government tried to censor them because they thought the music of the mass wasn't good enough. So, but they kept on going, um, I guess. And they were kind of the underground uh, form of music back then. Yeah, yeah. I cool. mean, it, it kind of still is like that. I mean, no one's yeah. being censored. It's still like this underground medium and it's um, definitely like the medium of the people. You know, you can just sit mm. down and if you, you know, have a tape player, you can just record stuff from the radio or, you know, record people singing in your home or, you know, do whatever you want with it and chop it up and screw it around and, you know. I think there's so many like amazing connotations with tapes. So like stuff like that. And I know that like in like the 70s and stuff, like a lot of um, African music was kind of slowly creeping its way into America via tape and stuff like that, which mm. I think David Byrne wrote about in his book because he was really obsessed with tapes and, and used to do stuff like that. I also love this idea of like the mixtape is like this really like romantic thing as well. Yes. Like, you know, making <laughs> Your, your lover a uh, tape <laughs> with all the songs or something so it's kind of like I guess maybe it's like my my uh, my love letter to no, now, music <laughs> <laughs> now we know how to win your heart <laughs> for yeah, anyone out there <laughs> if anyone's listening um, my, the way to win my heart is by making me a mixtape definitely <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on the show with us on this Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh, no, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for running this radio show. I think um, 
what you're doing is really amazing and I, I can't wait to hang out in the future and maybe collaborate on some stuff. And also, I want to add that I, I played my my dad, my um, my last mix that I made because I was really excited. I thought that um, we could have a little bonding experience through <laughs> music, you know, and um, <laughs> Because people always ask me, like, oh, like, do you listen to the music with your parents and stuff like that? And um, mm. yeah, to which I played him, and he said, uh, I don't like music. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, not even true. Oh, no. It didn't like what I had chosen at all. <laughs> all right, on the next show, we'll have your dad with us telling us what <laughs> good music is. <laughs> and I think. Uh, Probably a good sign, you know. You never want your parents to like your music anyway, so that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <I'll live. laughs>